0: This is the third week of a six-part series, and I love dissecting Romans chapter 8. I love the message that the Apostle Paul gives, not just to the church then, but what it speaks to us today. And remember, just to refresh your memory, more than conquerors is a phrase in Romans chapter 8. The Greek word is Hyper nike. Remember, the word nike means victory, it means to conquer or to prevail. Hyper, well, you know what hyper means. And it means more than, greater than, superior to. So the Bible tells us that we're not just victorious, but we are overwhelmingly superior in victory because of what God has done for us. Can I have a good amen? Amen. And so this is a great lesson in who we are and what we have in Jesus. And so two weeks ago, we talked about there is no condemnation. Aren't you glad that even though the world may put shame on you, God puts his name on you, and so there's no condemnation from the things of the past. It's covered by the blood. And then last week, we talked about the difference between spirit and flesh. We talked about how important it is that you feed your spirit so you don't have to live according to the power of your flesh well today I want to talk to you about favored to win favored to win somebody say favor, favor. how many do you want favor on your life how many need favor in your marriage how many want favor over your children Anybody need favor at their job how many want your finances to have favor be blessed okay I saw a few more hands go up there yes Lord well, I want to talk to you about being favored to win, and it's interesting how we say more than conquerors. I want you to consider that phrase, more than conquerors. You can't be a conqueror unless you have something to overcome. Are you with me? So half of the equation to be more than a conqueror includes struggle. Anybody struggling right now? Anybody fighting a battle? How many is it, and currently, and there's a situation going on in your life, you're experiencing opposition, Okay, well, you're halfway there to victory, okay? You're not just a conqueror, but you're more than a conqueror. Well, it implies the context of struggle. And I love it because the Scripture says in this world we will always have tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And so I want to give you some factors that favor you to win. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 14. And we'll just take this verse by verse. Romans eight fourteen, the Bible says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. There's some factors that favor you, and the first one right off the bat, here's why you and I are favored to win. Number one, because we're led by the Spirit. You and I literally have the presence, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us that's leading us. Aren't you glad God didn't just put you here on earth and say, okay, good luck, figure it out. Aren't you glad he placed within you the presence of the Holy Spirit? You know, I was thinking you know, this week, Sometimes when I study the Bible, and I'm sure you probably had thoughts like this too, you know, you read the Old Testament, and it just seemed like when God spoke, he spoke so directly to people, it was obvious. I mean, it's just you couldn't miss God because an angel of the Lord would show up, you know. I mean, if an angel showed up and spoke to you, how many of you would be convinced? There's no question to it, this is the Lord there's some days I thought, you know, it'd be great if, oh, if I could just go back to the Old Testament days, you know, when the angel of the Lord would show up and speak directly, then there would be no mistake. I knew it would be God. Or, you know, you have like that burning bush experience, you know, the bushes in your, your yard are on fire and you hear a voice coming. That's kind of obvious. You know, or maybe stone tablets. I mean, in the Old Testament, God, he, he wanted to give instructions so clear that on these stone tablets, the finger of God carving out instruction for the people of God. There have been moments I thought, man, it would be so much easier if I just lived in the Old Testament portion of the Bible. But then I thought about the New Testament. I'm like, now wait a second if it's so obvious in the Old Testament, the voice of God, the New Testament is even better because you have God in the flesh. How many thinks it would be cool to have Jesus hanging out with you everywhere you go? I mean, there he is. He's got his robe. He's got his little purple sash, and he's wearing his Air Jerusalem's, you know, his Air 316s. Come on, somebody. Man, you're eating like hummus and pita bread and you know, I mean, you can touch him, and, you know, I mean, you can talk to him and any question that you have. Or if you're hungry, you know, you roll over to Chick-fil-A. Come on, Christian chicken. Roll over to Chick-fil-A, and you say the blessing, and God turns that little six count into a 12-piece, you know. It would, wouldn't it be awesome to have Jesus with us everywhere we went? You know, if you had a question, you say, hey, Jesus, tell me about that. I mean, and he's literally there. He's explaining things to you. You're confused. He's breaking it down, bringing you, bringing you to school, bringing you to work, man, just every part of your life. I mean, he drives in the car with you. How many of you, that may change your driving habits. <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, as good as it was in the Old Testament and as clear as the voice of God was then, it would be even better to have lived in the New Testament where you could actually see and touch Jesus. But then God reminded me, there is no greater time in human history to be on the planet than right now. You say, Mike, how can that be? Wait a second. We don't have stone tablets. We don't have burning bushes. Rarely have I ever heard an announcement from an angel. I don't see Jesus in the flesh. How could it be better now? God with you is good, but God in you is even better. Jesus told his disciples, he said, it's better for you that I go away. Now, wait, why is that so good? He said, because I'm going to send. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And now, you know, you you don't need an announcement from an angel. You don't need a stone tablet. You don't even need me in the flesh. It's better not just to be with you, but now the Spirit of God is in you. I'm telling you, and that is the key. For us, I wonder if the saints of old look at us today and they're jealous because we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says in Romans 8, 14, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now, what does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? You ever wonder what that, okay, uh, that sounds great, Pastor, but what does it physically, tangibly, practically mean to be led by the Spirit? Well, I want you to consider some of the activity of the Holy Spirit. And and the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in your life. You don't just come to church and compartmentalize your faith, sing a, a few songs, say a prayer, hear a message, and then go back to the life the way that you live it. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us wants to be a part of every area of our lives and He wants to talk to us. Do you know the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you about your relationships? How many of you need the Holy Spirit to be involved in that part of your life? The Spirit of God wants to talk to you about your money. Mm. Don't look at me like that now. I'm not saying this is the Spirit of God now. You said you wanted favor on your money. How many know you need to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say about money? The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you about your attitude, about your mouth, about your moods. Come on now. Holy Spirit wants to talk to you about your children. He wants to talk to you about your marriage. He wants to talk to you about your job. And I'm so thankful we serve a God who's a talking God. He's not silent. He doesn't say, figure it out. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you clear instruction so you can read it with your own eyes, but I'm going to give you my spirit to dwell and to live inside of you. And so you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit will convict us. The Holy Spirit will open doors. The Holy Spirit will close doors. The Holy Spirit will inspire you. The Holy Spirit will give you a burden or a passion for something. The Holy Spirit will check you. Anybody ever had a check in your spirit? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh I mean, you didn't know the details. You didn't know exactly what was wrong, but you knew something wasn't right. And the Holy Spirit says, whoa, 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 whoa. The Holy Spirit will give you peace. So what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? It means to respond to what the Spirit of God is saying to you what the Spirit of God is doing in you. And here's kind of the thought that I had as I was studying this this week. I thought about it's kind of like GPS, right? What did we ever do before the days of GPS? I mean, remember the, the, the Atlas, you know, the Rand McNally, you know, and you kind of had to get all this paperwork out and you're circling things. and You say, well, here I got to do this. and that. Man, you know what we do now? We we don't ask for directions, we just say, give me your address, right? And we take the address and we we plug it in our phone and GPS, global positioning satellites, will identify exactly where you are, and then based on the address, will pinpoint exactly where you want to be. Now here's what's interesting because of that imaging showing where you are and where you want to be, it will give you possible routes, the shortest possible route, the quickest possible route. If there's a hazard along the way, it will give you an alternate route. And here's the cool thing. It will talk to you turn by turn. Fellas, have you ever been lost? Me either. Now Rachel says I'm directionally challenged, but I just find creative ways of getting there, right? And all the fellas said, "No, I don't need to ask for directions. I'm just exploring. I know where I'm going." But you know what's interesting is, through GPS, you plug in the coordinates, and then literally, you don't even have to think, because they'll tell you, "You know, in a quarter of a mile, turn right."'re like. Rachel, she gets frustrated because, you know, normally the GPS voice is the voice of a woman. (laughs) Rachel's like, well, you listen to her, but you ain't listening to me. (laughs) But how cool is it that God would place inside of you this heavenly GPS? His name is the Holy Spirit. And he gives you turn-by-turn turn direction. Here's where you are. Here's where you need to go. Guess what? I can tell you how to get there. You say, but, Mike, wait a second. I've made a wrong turn. Rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. How many know GPS will reroute you? At in the, in the next possible chance, take a U-turn, take a U-turn, take a U-turn. The Holy Spirit is telling some of you here today, you've gotten off course. But that's, th- there's no guilt. There's no condemnation. So you made a wrong turn. The Holy Spirit says, rerouting, rerouting. At the next intersection, take a left. Merge into traffic. Take a right. And he shows you turn by turn how to get to where you're going. You know what's beautiful is when you and I say yes to Jesus, the spirit of the living God comes to dwell inside of us. And he talks to us about our money, our relationships, our jobs, our future. And he says, take a left, take a right, slow down. Oh, you've gotten off course. Let me reroute you and get you back on track. Come on. Do you believe that today? That's cool. And you know, and and. and In the years of ministry, the top two questions that I get from people all the time, they say, Pastor, how did you know you were called into the ministry? How did you know that you were supposed to be a preacher? Because for many years, I resisted, and I ran. Uh, I said, Man, I'll decide my own future. I don't need people telling me what to do. And guess what? God has a sense of humor. When you say, I will never be careful. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. So, so people say, how did you know you were supposed to be a pastor? That's one of the questions. And the other question I get is, how did you know that Rachel was the one you were supposed to marry? And they ask that because they look at her and they look at me and they say, we know that had to be God. How did you know she was the one? Well, you know, so we met in high school. I was a senior. My senior year was her sophomore year. And so this girl, man, come to school. I was like, hi, (laughs) well, 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 the spirit of the Lord is up in this place. (laughs) Didn't know anything about her. I just thought, man, that girl was fine. Well, you know what? She started dating my best friend. (sighs) Painful, devastating. I'm like, oh, 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 so it's going to be like that. All right, well, girl, I got a call of God on my life. I'm just going on with Jesus. This is my version of the story, but I've got the microphone right now. So God was checking me. He was challenging me in that season. He said, okay, listen, you. unless you're satisfied with being just one, you'll never be ready to be plus one. And so he was teaching me something about me. And then Rachel got a revelation. She didn't want to miss her miracle. Come on, somebody. And so the Holy Spirit did some rerouting, rerouting, and got her back right where she needed to be. And all of God's people said, yes, Lord. Y'all pray for me. It's going to be a rough night in my house. <laughs> but, you know, when we started dating, one of the things Rachel said was this. She said, I am not going to marry you until I am baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what she said. I was like, What? she went to one of those church of God, I mean, full gospel, Holy Ghost, I mean, marching, falling out in the spirit. I'm like, what do you mean? You're not baptized in the Holy Ghost? Because that girl knew that if she was going to put up with me, she needed all of God that she could get. <laughs> so, one of the, well, there was an evangelist that came in from out of town and held a revival at her church. And Rachel says, hey, let's go. Now, this is back in the 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 early 90s okay early 90s and so this is back in the high church i mean you got dressed i mean to the nines she had that hairspray working this ruby red dress them high heels that lipstick i came to church in a purple suit oh yeah baby little skinny tie purple from head to toe i look like a grape had tassels on my shoes man we were coming to church but this evangelist had the reputation, it's kind of crazy, this is true, he had the reputation of taking his Bible and he'd swing his Bible and just like knock people down. it would be falling out, man, swinging a Bible, pow, pow. And I got to thinking, you know what? If he swings at me, I'm swinging back. So we're having church, and man, things, I mean, the Spirit of God was moving, and this evangelist calls both of us in the middle of church you two come up come stand right here i'm like oh no here we go and he had that bible and i'm thinking "Mm, i'm just bracing myself you know and he takes his bible and i I, I, this is the honest to god truth he never touched us with it but he just kind of waved it in front of us And it felt like a tidal wave. I'm up here, and I'm critical, and I'm cynical, and I'm resisting. But the power of God hit me so hard, I couldn't stand up. Knocked me off balance. I fell into Rachel. When when I hit Rachel, she fell over and hit the ground. When she hit the ground, she was speaking in the Holy Ghost. I was like, wedding bells are ringing. Now, that, 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 that may sound bizarre, but she had some things in her heart that she purposed before God. And she knew, God, I need everything to be in alignment here before I share my life with somebody else. And the beautiful thing is this, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Some of you have goals, you have dreams, you have desires. God knows the coordinates of where you are and where he's created you to be. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give you turn-by-turn direction on how to get there. How can you tell that you're a child of God? Because you're led by the Spirit. Paul said in Romans eight fourteen, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. They're not led by emotions. Come on now, help me. They're not led by feelings. They're not led by circumstances. They're not led by culture. When you let culture, emotions, feelings, and circumstances into the driver's seat of your life, you will get off course, and God will need to reroute you. When we make decisions, we make decisions that are led by the Spirit, Because he knows exactly how to get us to a place called truth. The Holy Spirit knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. How many of you are thankful for the Spirit of God? Mm. I want my kids to be full of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want your children and grandkids to be filled with the Spirit of God? Why is that important? Because they're going to be making decisions and mom and dad won't be around. We won't always be able to tell them, don't do this. Make sure you do that. Stay away from that person. Oh, don't invite that in your life. Guess what? It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to serve as a moral compass. Their GPS directing. You say, well, well, Pastor, I wish I would have known this years ago. Maybe some of you have kids that are in rebellion. I'm going to tell you this. If you've invested the, the, the Word of God into those kids, they are marked by the spirit of god they may be in rebellion but they'll be miserable in their rebellion because they can't get away from the power of the holy spirit the power of a praying mom the power of a praying grandparent they may be off in the club they may live in selfishly or crazy but i'm telling you that witness of the spirit of god is with them and there come a day, just like the prodigal, when the prodigal found that pig pen and he came to himself. Some of you, God's saying this, hey, trust me with your children. I've arranged for a pig pen. They're, it's going, they're, they're in a set of circumstances. It's going to turn their life around, their understanding, their awareness. God said, I'll bring your kids back to you if you train them up in the way that they should go. As they get older, they won't depart. Amen. You see, God won't always show you the destination, but he'll give you the Holy Spirit, turn-by-turn direction. And then what you'll discover is this wasn't a detour. This was simply the road to a stronger you. God's using everything in your journey, the things in your past, chapters and seasons that maybe you feel like, what was the whole purpose of that? It's nothing but pain. And God says, I can take your pain, and I can use it for my purpose. The Bible says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, and, and hear me, it's not about perfection, but it is about direction. And God is trying to reroute some of you and get you back on course. What he says in verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Somebody say fall back. Interesting how it connects fear to falling back. You didn't receive the spirit of slavery that causes you to fall back into fear, but you've received a different spirit, the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I want you to see factors of favor. Here's why you're favored to win. Number one, you are led by the spirit, but number two, you've been adopted into the family. You've been adopted into the family. Listen, when you say yes to Jesus, now all of a sudden you join the ranks of a powerful force on earth called the family of God. You know, when, when, when the people of God gather in the presence of God and full, are full of the Spirit of God, there's power to that. Here's why you're going to win. Now, you may struggle. You may lose a battle. You may lose a few fights, but you're going to win the war. Because you're led by the Spirit. And number two, you've been adopted into the family. Everybody say adoption. Oh, I love it. You know, we here at Healing Place, we believe in the value of adoption. In fact, we have a a ministry called His Heart for Orphans. And today, right outside of these doors, we've got what's called the Louisiana Heart Gallery. And do you know in the foster care system in this state, there are over 4,400 kids Over 4,400 kids are in the foster care system here in this state. This is a church that is so committed to spiritual family. We do everything within our power to help these children find forever families. And some of you, you have natural kids. Some of you, you've adopted kids. Some of you have fostered kids. But we believe that every child deserves a family. And if we can create an environment where the presence of God sets the spiritual climate of the home, that sons and daughters, daughters will flourish. We've been adopted. Now, now it's, here's the, the, the beautiful thing about salvation. I want you to see this. There's probably no greater picture of salvation than adoption. We receive the spirit of adoption as sons where we, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What's interesting to me is I look at my kids, and it's, it's fascinating. I see my kids. and How many of you marvel at how different your children are? Any parents that look at their kids and say, wow, where'd that come from? Yeah, and I say, man, that came from Rachel's side of the family, not mine. But, you know, you, I had no choice in, in, in me being their dad. I, I didn't choose them. Guess what? They didn't choose me. But adoption is the perfect picture of salvation because God looks at us and chooses us. He says, no, no, no. I want you. From now on, you belong to me. I'm going to tell you, this is going to help somebody because you need to know that you were chosen by God. That God in his infinite wisdom and and, and in his sovereignty and eternal purpose, he looks throughout all of human history and he knows who you are. He knows what your divine design is. And he says, I want you to be a part of my family. You know what? We don't decide that in natural family. You ever been to a family reunion and think, wow, (laughs) I'm related to that. How many has got a touch of crazy in your family? Some of you are having a hard time figuring out who crazy is in your family. It might be you. (laughs) Adoption. The Bible says we cry, we we receive the spirit of adoption as sons. Now, here's what's interesting. Notice in that verse it says the spirit of adoption as sons. When I read that this week, I thought, man, that seems a little gender insensitive. Why, Why wouldn't Paul say as sons and daughters? Why wouldn't it be more inclusive? Why just sons? And here's what I discovered, that as Paul is writing this letter 2,000 years ago, he's writing in a cultural tradition where sons were esteemed more important than daughters. Sons had all the rights and all the privileges. The inheritance would go to the sons. The daughters wouldn't receive anything. You know, the daughter was considered second class Okay, now this is the tradition in which he's writing. But he didn't say sons and daughters. He said you'll receive the spirit of adoption as sons because sons were prized, and they were first class. They had all the privileges. And what God is saying is this. In my family, there is no second class. Regardless of your background, regardless of your gender, regardless of your experience or your history or your level of education, you receive the same rights and privilege as a son. Come on now. So God's saying, so sometimes in the church world, we will classify people, the haves and the have-nots, those who are more spiritual, those who are less spiritual, those who belong, those who don't. And God says, wait a second, you've got this thing all wrong. If I've chosen you to be a part of my family, you're in. And all the right and privilege and access of the son, it belongs to you. You don't have to fall back into fear. Why? Because I am your father. I'm your dad. Turn to David and say, who's your daddy? <laughs> That's kind of a big deal. I know we laugh and chuckle at it, but if you knew who your father was, remember being a kid on the playground, used to get in a fight and be like, oh, yeah, well, my daddy can be your daddy. Guess what? Your dad can. Your dad kind of spoke all of this into existence. The Bible says that the worlds were framed by the very word of God, who your heavenly father is. It's a big deal. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be a slave falling back into fears, what Paul said, because you know your rights as a son and you know who your father is. You know, sometimes when my my kids were small and they were afraid of the dark. How many of you as a kid growing up, you were afraid of the dark? Yeah, I wasn't afraid of the dark. I was afraid of what was in the dark. I remember years ago, late at night, I hear this voice and Trevor's calling from his room, Dad! And I was trying to ignore it. Dad! I figured if I just don't answer, maybe it'll go away. I was tired. I was hoping maybe Rachel would kind of step up. Dad, what, son? Daddy, I'm scared. No, you're not, son. Jesus is with you. Good night. <laughs> then he'd say, Mom. <laughs> it was important to him in that moment of fear that he knew he could call on his father. Why? Because he's a son. And I'm not going to let anything come against him. Harm him. You know, dominate his life because I'm his dad. I'm going to take care of him. Guess what? Your heavenly father will take care of you. He's your father. We are born into this world as slaves, but we are born again as sons. And when you're born again, not only are you led by the Spirit, but number two, you're adopted into his family. Now, let me finish this. Let me, let me read this last verse. Look at verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Somebody say heirs. Yes. We are heirs of God, and we are fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Here's the third reason, the third factor in why you are favored to win. Number three, you have an eternal inheritance. You are an heir of the Father, and you are a fellow heir with Jesus Christ. Now, what does it mean to be an heir? Some of you know this, because you, maybe in your family there was a death. Maybe your grandfather, a grandmother, maybe a mom or dad or an uncle, somebody passed away. And you were an heir. You received an inheritance. An heir receives something that doesn't belong to him, doesn't belong to you. But when the owner of that possession passes away, he deeds it to you. He's written it, expressed in his will. This is what I'm passing on to you. Legacy, birthright, inheritance. An heir will receive, but somebody has to die. Guess what? Jesus died on the cross. And everything that God gave to Jesus, I'm going to tell you this, God withholds nothing from his son. Everything that God had promised to Jesus, now the Bible says when we say yes to Christ, when we're in the family, we are heirs of the Father and fell, joint heirs with the Son. We receive an inheritance. Now, in that verse, it talks about suffering. Some of you may be suffering through some things right now. And it's a part of it. I'm telling you, life isn't always happy, clappy, sing songs, happy. Sometimes it's hard stuff. Sometimes it's painful stuff. You can't always choose your suffering, but you can choose your spirit in the midst of suffering. You can't always choose the storm that comes. Some of you are in a storm right now. God's saying, choose the right spirit. Don't forget, now is not forever. If you and I are in Christ, we have to remember that suffering, whatever it is that we're suffering, it's not forever. And it's not for nothing. Are you with me? There's an inheritance. There's something on the other side of this. Can I tell you? It gets better. It gets better. As hard as this life is, say, Mike, I'm in Christ. I feel like I'm being led by the Spirit. I'm a part of this thing called family. But why is life so hard? God is reminding you today, your mind you're part of this family. i have given you the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if what you're experiencing now is not good, listen to me. If what you're experiencing now is not good, it's not over. It's not over. God still has something to say. Some of you, I want to encourage you, now is not forever. The difficulty, the suffering, the pain, the heartache, it's not forever. There is an inheritance. You see, what we lost in the Garden of Eden with the first Adam, we have recovered with this last Adam named Jesus. Paradise and everything that we longed for was gone, but God says, I'm sending Jesus to bring all of it back. And God redeems suffering. There's an inheritance on the other side of it. And if you're struggling now, now is not forever. If it's not good, it's not over. God has the final word. Can I have a good amen? Do you believe that today? Come on, would you put your hands together if you believe that? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.